following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 870 of I Doubt It Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by Brittany Page. I'm telling you right now that it is going to be a low-energy Jeb day from me because... On the show. Yes. Or just in no. life in general. Yeah, all day. And all right. whatever I do today, including the show, is going to be met with low-energy Jeb energy (laughs) Um, well first of all we have had no days off so it's the weekend and we had no days off and sweepy also got her surgery on wednesday and surgeries yes surgeries on wednesday she had uh, she was spayed and got her microchip inserted and then she also had her stenotic nares resection which is Basically, opening her nose holes to make them a little bit bigger so that she can breathe better. Yeah, easier. Yeah, and she's doing very well. In fact, they said... Goddamn. They had very strict directions for us. They said, there is to be no roughhousing. That is what it says in the in the directions. Yeah. There is to be no roughhousing. She couldn't go up and down stairs. She couldn't go on long walks. She couldn't... She needed to rest. Well... It, to me, it's a failure of the veterinarian because they didn't give her the fucking memo. <laughs> they only told us. Yeah, so we we get her home. She's pretty out of it right when we take her home. And within an hour, she jumps up into her favorite chair, which requires quite the leap. Yeah. A- and she jumped up in the chair, and I'm panicking because I'm thinking that her um, surgical wound is going to be ripped open in the yeah, process yeah, yeah. of jumping into the chair. And then just proceeded to PFO. Yeah, she slept for a long time, but then eventually she woke up and then just fell into her normal routine of taunting me and wanting me to throw her rope. And <laughs> she she has not wanted to stop. Her independent spirit has come alive and, and, and she can't be held down. She cannot be held back. She's so. a goddamn tank with fur. It's crazy how... And I mean, short of sedating her, mm-hmm. it's not like we're just like, oh, just do what you want to do. There's no way to contain that goddamn dog. Yeah, I mean... She's going to do what she's going to do. Yeah, even when we picked her up from surgery, you carried her out to the car, put her in the back seat, and I sat in the back seat with her to comfort her and also (laughs) prevent her from getting thrown about in the car as we drove home. And as I would, like, steady her to prevent her from moving forward... She got sick of me manhandling her and like sat up and was trying to get away from me. Like, I don't need you to help me right now. What are are you doing in my face? I can do it. Yes, get out of my face. So she's doing very well. We're very happy with everything. And and now we don't have to worry about her having another period or getting pregnant. And it is all fantastic. And thanks for everybody who reached out. It has been, uh, it's been great. I mean, we're, you know. It's a, a normal, uh, common procedure. It's not like a risky, oh, we're really worried. But, you know, it's when you, the animal you love mm-hmm. is under the weather or or recovering. I mean, when Popeye had his ear canal removed, mm-hmm. total ear canal ablation, I mm-hmm. think is what it's called, mm-hmm. uh, he was fucked for yeah. at least a week. Yeah. Real bad. And it was, I mean... R- just tugging at our heartstrings because mm-hmm. he was so one out of it because you know give a dog drugs and they don't know what the fuck's going on mm-hmm. but also just in pain just seemed miserable yeah. not, not so much the case with her but we're we're happy so yeah so thank you for everyone for reaching out we also have been getting a lot of communication about our interview episodes that we did with congressman jamal bowman Mm -hmm. and also the latest interview episode that we did with jesse rabinowitz the uh individual who works for miriam's kitchen here in dc and works to end homelessness and we actually there was a, a 
a common theme surrounding a lot of the comments that we were getting regarding that episode in terms of something that Jesse Rabinowitz said on that episode. And I'm saying Jesse Rabinowitz, the full name every time, just to distinguish that Jesse from you. Yeah, well, when there's two Jessies in the midst of the conversation, you gotta... Yeah. And, And so we got a voicemail from a caller in Canada who shared the same concern that we were hearing repeatedly, so we thought we would respond to that. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is, uh, my name's uh, Josh from Courtney, B.C., Canada. I've been listening to you guys for some time, and I always enjoy it. I just listened to your most recent um, episode, 869, an interview with Jesse Rabinowitz, and he made a comment at one point during the interview uh, in that he said homelessness is I can't remember it exactly, but something to be effective and exclusively American or a problem with the United States. And I just wanted to say that here in BC, Canada, homelessness is everywhere. And if you just do a little bit of research on Vancouver's downtown east side, you'll see that it's virtually a wasteland down there. And more recently, our government did a lot of what uh, Jesse was talking about with uh, just going in and clearing people off the streets. They were, I believe they were rolling dumpsters down the street and uh, just clearing everything out, turfing it all. And I just wanted to clarify that homelessness is not just exclusive to the United States. Anyway, uh, that's all I got for right now. Do a bit of research on what's happening here in Vancouver or in BC in general, and you'll see that drugs and homelessness is a huge problem. And uh, I think it could be a North America-wide thing. Um, the whole fucking show is the best part. I'll keep listening. Cheers, guys. I'm glad that Josh clarified that they will keep listening to the show. <laughs> I was worried. I'm like, is this something that set Josh over the edge? I don't know. Maybe so. I don't remember that moment. From the interview. Yeah, I don't either. But like I said, the fact that we received several messages referencing this specific line, I saw some people quote it as a uniquely American problem, that homelessness Mm. is a uniquely American problem. And I tried to think, okay, obviously this was said because we are not going to have so many people commenting on this specific phrase if it wasn't said. So obviously it was said. And then I tried to do some introspection on why I didn't say anything in the moment. And it must be because I didn't take him to mean, I mean, what that phrase would indicate. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he went on vacation like, 30 seconds after he left the studios. <laughs> so so he's like he's somewhere vacationing. Yeah. So when he gets back, we'll we'll hit him up and 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 see if maybe he'll he could do a call in real quick and kind of explain what he was talking about. Yeah, I mean maybe he was talking about the lack of attention toward the problem or the unique kind of callous approach that Americans take generally toward the homeless. I mean, I don't yeah, know. I mean, maybe, but if J- what Josh is saying is true, and I don't have any reason to doubt what he's saying, it sounds like, you know, the the, the authorities in British Columbia, Canada, uh, which is the West Coast, north of Seattle, sounds like they're being fucking jerk-offs, too, about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I guess we played this call just to say we don't know. We have some homework to do. Yeah. Well, we didn't want to leave it hanging for another week or two or however long uh, Rabinowitz is on is on vacation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it, as always. And we always love, always love to hear from our international listeners. I don't know if that's just an ego, Mark, but early on when we first started the show, Brittany got some communication from someone who was not a fan of her opinions or her face, I believe, <laughs> and from Brazil or something. And it was like, oh, they insulted, but people outside of the United States are listening. I think it was Argentina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, South America, yeah. Yeah, so I think so, that is what they said that I, oh, that I am an idiot according to my face and comments. Face and comments. That's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they weren't wrong. Yeah. They weren't wrong, Brittany. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty idiotic face, <laughs> if I've ever seen one. So we would like to thank our Patreon supporters, because we could not be doing all of the things that we are doing without you. We would like to give a shout out to our new Patreon supporters, Punky Pine. Punky Pine. Lamont C. Lamont C. Ter- Therese. 
Therese. And again, if we're pronouncing Therese. things wrong, please let us know because of the dumbness. Snake Root. Snake Root. Mick the Tango Dancing Skeptic. Mick the Tango Dancing Skeptic. JB. JB. JL. JL. I'm sorry, Jane L. Jane L. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Matt F. Matt F. Neil H. Neil H. Anne F. Anne F. And then we want to give a special shout out to Insane Atheist. Insane Atheist. For increasing the pledge. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Very beautiful. Thank you so much. Remember, one of the main perks that you get on Patreon is access to the ad-free show. That way you don't have to be bothered with the ads before the show, in the middle of the show, after the show. Who's listening all the way through the end, the outro music to get to an ad? You don't even need to worry about those anymore if you're a Patreon supporter for any amount. As low, low as $2 a month. And if you become an annual Patreon supporter, you get 10% off your price. And that's a deal that's always going to be there. I could tell you it's only for the next week, but that would be a lie. It's always going to be there whenever you're ready to take us up on it. Moreover, though, you you if you become a patron, you know that you're supporting uh, independent media that is earnestly attempting to have conversations uh, about the most important issues of our day without fear or favor or or influence from any any sources. So uh, we we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for your dedication and loyalty to the show. And, of course, for your listenership. All right. Moving on. But before we do, we would invite you to call in, leave a voicemail, 657-464-7609. And, of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we've we've received a few questions about our position on RFK Jr. <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy is running for president on the Democratic ticket. And some people think that he is a serious person. Yeah. <laughs> and who is a a valid choice. You know, I think, I don't know what it is about people, but I think there are certain people out there who are so unhappy and probably were always unhappy with Joe Biden, which which is a completely uh, justifiable, arguable position to, to not want Joe Biden to run again. I'm not a fan of him running again. I think he's too old. I think that there are uh, better leaders out there who could that we need to 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 to, to raise up uh, in into the future. But he is running, and we got what we got. Let's deal with reality on reality's terms. But I think that there are certain people. There's a segment out there that's so desperate to not have Joe Biden again that they will ignore anything to to put another candidate in good favor whether that be Marianne Williamson and her anti-vax anti you know uh, d- clinical depression is a scam she says when people kill themselves because of clinical depression i mean it's just terrible and RFK Jr too he's another one yeah for me i think that Marianne Williamson and RFK Jr. actually have a lot of similarities but what's different about them is that Marianne Williamson has seen the writing on the wall related to popularity and being able to gain a following and has realized that some of those conspiratorial leanings that she has expressed in the past are not going to do well with the vast majority of people. Now, why RFK Jr. hasn't figured that out, I'm not quite sure because he is someone who endorses a myriad of conspiracy yeah, theories. I think he's a true believer. He, I mean, blames mass shootings on antidepressants. He believes that vaccines cause autism. He believes, he believes ma- vaccines cause peanut allergies, too. He believes Wi-Fi causes cancer. He has said that he has no position on the relationship between HIV and AIDS. Yeah, he (laughs) thinks that there are other things that cause AIDS other than HIV. He also, and I just learned this today, doesn't believe Lee Harvey Oswald either did it or acted alone in the killing of his uncle, JFK, and doesn't believe Sirhan Sirhan killed his dad. 
So he's just an over-the-top, out-of-this-world conspiracy theorist about a host of different issues, not just the vaccine thing. Yeah, he's a he's a dangerous, unserious person who is running for president. So Joe Rogan decided to have him on his show. Of course! <laughs> because remember when Joe Rogan apologized and Spotify was forcing him to apologize? In that case, it was related to his use of racial slurs in the past, and they removed like 70 episodes. Spotify removed like 70 episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast. And Right. Oh, because he was constantly dropping the N-bomb, the N-word. And there was like this brief moment where Joe Rogan was feigning like he was going to be more thoughtful. And I I mean, he's always kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth. So anyway, he had RFK Jr. on. And we've already said what RFK Jr. believes and who he is. So, of course, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and said all of this because these are not views like people will say, oh, Marianne Williamson said that you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, she's like 70 years old. So they're like, oh, she said that when she was 60. <laughs> and <laughs> she hadn't fully formed her opinions and wants to run for president of the United States. And so for people who may be listening to us talk about RFK Jr. and say, oh, well, maybe he has said those things in the past and he doesn't believe those things anymore. Well, no, he he talked about he talked about vaccines causing autism. He went into great detail about debunked studies I mean, he he wasn't talking about them as though they were debunked, but he right, right. he was talking about his anti-vax claims as though vaccines are dangerous. And using debunked studies to back up his points. Yeah, and then he, he really went deep on the Wi-Fi gives you cancer thing. And I want to play two clips specifically because it really illustrates the problem with Joe Rogan, but also how dangerous RFK Jr. is. Wi-Fi radiation is uh does all kinds of bad things including causing cancer wi-fi radiation causes yeah cancer. from your cell phone i mean there's cell phone tuner tumors you know that i mean i'm representing hundreds of people who have cell phone tumors behind the ear it's always on the ear that you favor with your cell phone oh um and you know we have the science so if anybody lets us in front of a jury they, it will be over you know, we, so what is what is the number? Because a lot of people use there's cell a phones. lot of people with it. They're glioblastomas. That's the kind of cancers that they get. But cancer's not the worst thing. They also, you know, it opens up. Wi-Fi radiation opens up your blood-brain barrier. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's let's stop him there. Joe Rogan just asked him a direct question. How many? How many? How many? How many people? Oh, it's it's a lot. Those numbers should be easily gettable for a guy who's an expert in this field who's representing clients who have tumors as a direct result of talking on on the phone. Mm -hmm. And also, let me say, I feel very lucky with as much time as I've spent on the phone, with as much time as I've had a phone in my pocket, Mm -hmm. with as much time as I'm have a phone in my hands that I'm not just covered in tumors, that everyone you see walking through life that you interact with isn't just covered in tumors on their ear, on their crotch, on their hands. You'd think we'd see more of that if Wi-Fi and cell phones cause cancer. Well, listen, once they let him in front of a jury... If... If they do, you know, they're trying to suppress us. They're trying to keep the information out. <laughs> oh, my God. The whole power structure's coming down. Oh, Number one show in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately for Joe Rogan, it is. It, it is. He has, like, the number one podcast. And right. he's platforming Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to say this. And, and And it's not just that. It gets worse, okay? Because we know that Joe Rogan's style of... Of, of research is to have his little his little pet that he has there with him, Jamie, uh, look things up in real time. Hey, Google that. Right. And so they Google something that's being talked about. And then, you know how research normally, like within a few seconds, you just click on the first link that you see. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works. And then you go off that. Yep, yep. And so this is an example of that happening on the show. Uh, what do you think Wi-Fi is doing to us since it's everywhere and since everyone's experiencing, including you? What do you think it's doing to us? I think it degrades your mitochondria it, uh, and it you know opens your blood-brain barrier. Do you, do you see anything online of how it could open up your blood-brain barrier? I, I don't know about how, but I... That it does? Found, I mean, I, don't, I found an article. I was trying to find 
the validity of it, but it has a statement on here. Damage the blood-brain barrier. Radiofrequency radiation exposure has been shown to affect the permeability of the blood-brain barrier as well as altering the expression of microRNA within the brain, which researchers state could lead to adverse effects such as neurodegenerative disease. Whoa. How come we don't know that? There's a doctor that did a study and said that it's been expanded on researches in China, and there's a published article here, but I was looking around at the page and... They call it leaky brain. The findings were followed by suppression, misinformation, and a shutdown of government-funded research in the United States. It's the same as the same play. Oh, we got to get rid of Wi-Fi. (laughs) What the fuck, Jamie? How is anyone going to find Joe Rogan's show without Wi-Fi? (laughs) Right. Yeah, he kind of needs that. But... How far is Joe Rogan going to take this? Because, Whoa! How come I didn't know this? Yeah, you can do that with anything. Let's say that he was talking to someone who denied that the Holocaust happened. And so Jamie turns to Google and puts in, did the Holocaust happen? Yeah. And he pulls up an article, because of course there's articles out there saying it didn't, arguing that right. it didn't, right. from probably people who sound and make themselves appear uh, reputable. Who, who've done the research, and quote unquote. So he pulls up a website from a Holocaust denier, Joe Rogan reads through three sentences from it and is like whoa how come we didn't know this yeah and then immediately in a span of 30 seconds adopts that as his new reality his new outlook on how the world operates i mean think of walking around and being this credulous yeah how does he get anything done i don't where are his principles where are his beliefs they can be changed so quickly with so little information, he didn't know the name of the website. Right. He didn't know the name of the doctor. He didn't know where the research article was published. He didn't know who led the research. He, did, he didn't know anything. Yeah, it's dumb fuckery in real time. He read three sentences, and he adopted it as his new worldview to millions of listeners. Whoa, what? This is crazy new information, y'all. We got to shut down the Wi-Fi. And by the way, that's and, actually... And by the way, this episode brought to you by Mushroom Coffee. So that's actually... You should be... When you ask the question, how come we didn't know this? Follow that. Yeah. Okay, but except for... That's actually not fair. In real time, I'm realizing that's not great. Because what the conclusion that they will come to is what they talked about in those three sentences is that it is government suppression of right. information. Right. Rather than there's a reason why... You don't know this, and it's because these are fringe ideas. And yes, you may find doctors, you may find researchers that are in this field, but there were also COVID, uh, COVID-denying nurses who worked during COVID. Right. Well, also remember, and this is this is adjacent to this this conspiracy theory about Wi-Fi. People believed COVID came about because of five G, the cellular technology. This is the camp that Robert Kennedy Jr. is in. And he's using his last name as currency as a a reputable source of information, a trustworthy individual, because he's a Kennedy. My uncle was John F. Kennedy Jr. My dad was Bobby Kennedy. My uncle, Teddy Kennedy. I come from reputable stock. Yeah, and it's also, this is fake skepticism. Because when you hear Jamie say, yeah, there's a doctor who did the study. Okay, well, you guys are supposed to be all skeptical and into right. like where you're getting your information, right? That's really important yeah. to you. Who so, is it? Right. Who is it? Who funded the, 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 the research? Yeah, are they reputable? Are they taken seriously? Is there a consensus? Is there a scientific consensus around the things they're saying? That's what's really important. I wonder what the website was. Well, it's Environmental Health Trust. And it is a, a organization that is apparently affiliated with RFK Jr. Oh, and when you go to their website, there's a drop-down menu that says action. And one of the things you can take action on is 5G. So, Oh, really? <laughs> so this is, the, this is the article that Jamie pulled up. Because, again, he's using the internet like your grandma Myrtle when she wants to find information and you type something in. I mean, it's like the meme. You type something in that you're trying to look for on the internet. You pull up the first thing that agrees with you and you're like, oh, look at how right I am. That's fantastic. Also, they're using very scary language. He he called it leaky brain. RFK Jr. did. Yeah. And they're talking about the, it it breaks down the, the, it separates the blood brain barrier. Oh my God. The whole power structure's coming down. Number one show in the world right now. 
I'm glad that you brought that up because there's a bias that we have as humans called the negativity bias. And that means that we are more affected by, disproportionately affected by claims that sound scary. Yeah. And so if you were to like listen to a debate between RFK Jr. and someone who was reputable and RFK Jr. is talking about the mitochondria being damaged yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the leaky brain and the blood-brain barrier it can get into your blood. Those things are going to be more significant in people's minds versus someone who's really speaking directly about the facts related to the situation. And this is why Joe Rogan is currently trending on Twitter because Elon Musk and Joe Rogan and all of these people are banding together to pressure a vaccine scientist to debate RFK Jr. on Joe Rogan's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to be a person that would say that, why wouldn't you debate? Debate is going to be the thing that really brings out the truth. If you're that confident in your beliefs, why wouldn't you debate? Well, the reason that debating is not a good idea in this situation is that RFK Jr. clearly doesn't care about facts. Right. And he... Or reputable claims in general. Yeah, so he has the benefit of just saying whatever the fuck he wants... And it doesn't need to be tethered to facts at all. Yeah. And it is very difficult to take that on when you're just being bombarded with lie after lie after lie. Like to go through that individually, each lie and debunk it is is very difficult. Yeah. Even if you're right, even if you know what you're saying, even sure. if you're well educated, that is difficult to do for an audience. And using your Holocaust denier uh, example from a few minutes ago, Michael Moynihan on the fifth column one time talked about this. He said that, you know, you, you, you of course the Holocaust happened, of course, but if you think you're going to go and debate the Holocaust with a Holocaust denier, you're going to lose unless you are fully ensconced in what their nuttiness is and you understand all of the ins and outs of the lies and the conspiracy and the, the subterfuge that you're going to go through. So it's just because you're an expert doesn't or even you have the 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 truth on your side the facts on your side it's not always going to come around that way right because rfk would probably just have um, like a litany of studies that he can point to that quote-unquote validate his claims and unless the person who's debating him knows each specific study and whether it's been debunked or what the specific methodological issues would be or the limitations, then they are are going to be in a situation where the audience isn't going to find them as believable as the person who is using scary phrases that are very emotionally charged and affecting. Yeah. It seems it's it, it should be more common sense that the things he's saying are nonsense. He's also the type not the type he is one of these people that claims hundreds of thousands if not millions of people died from the vaccine the covid vaccine but i know everybody i know everybody we're involved with on a personal level uh got the vaccine i don't know anyone who died from their vaccine but if that if their claim was correct Everyone would know someone who died from their vaccine. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a, it's a claim that's made. It's a statement that's thrown out there with zero backing, with zero, zero uh, evidence. Mm-hmm. They're just, it's, it's wacky. Yeah. So in terms of the debate, I mean, it really just gives like legitimacy to RFK Jr. and amplifies his message right. by having him on the show, as Joe Rogan did. And any sort of debate that would come out of that, I mean, that's the danger there, too. It's not like Joe Rogan's audience is going to be convinced by evidence. Yeah. They are people who follow a man who, like, <laughs> believed that kids were being indoctrinated into, like, identifying as cats and pissing in a litter box in right. school. Joe Rogan, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. How are we supposed to... Why is anyone still taking him seriously? Why is anyone still listening to his show? Joe Rogan is a self-described fucking idiot. He calls himself a fucking idiot. Now, I believe it's doing the thing that I used to hate about Jon Stewart, that anytime he gets called or, or questioned, or he would say, oh, no, I'm just a comedian. I just make my little jokes, completely discounting the power that he holds with his platform. And Joe Rogan for sure does that when he tries to act like, ah, I'm just a a, a funny guy who loves MMA, y'all. No, you're not. You know the influence that you carry 
with your platform and your views and you are influencing people. Well, and I think it's dangerous too because I think a lot of people feel like they can also just Google something and read about it and now they're informed. And I I really think that that is scary when people don't know how to access actual information and they don't know how to verify that information is real and uh, and something that they can trust. And, and so, you know, even for me, I mean, some of these issues, like the, the scientific research on vaccines and stuff like that, that's above my pay grade. That's yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I can't, I can't pull up a research study about vaccines and read through it and understand what happened. <laughs> well, I, mean, um, look at this I, can, way. I can understand like the research design. I can understand things like that, but I'm not going to be able to go in depth on that topic. So I have to identify people that are researchers who have demonstrated that I can trust them and their understanding of these things and their perspective. And I have that through the people that I follow on Twitter, the people that I have found that I value their education and their ability to break that stuff down. People who identify their own limitations. Right. I mean, if you're a housewife or a plumber or you, 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 you work in a warehouse or whatever you do, you're a lawyer whatever you have limited the people who study vaccines the epidemiologists the virologists the these are high level scientists who aren't opining on climate change because it's out of their fucking wheelhouse they spend their entire adult life dedicated to one study sometimes in one aspect of one study overall so they are the the, the 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 expert, not they're the subject matter expert, not a guy with a podcast who loves MMA and can Google and pick the first site that he oh he's got a lock on it. Whoa! How come I didn't know this, Mom? Crazy. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, there are ways to educate yourself using the internet. I'm not trying to say that the only way to get that fundamental understanding is through, like, enrolling in a research methods class and passing a research methods class at a, at a university or a college somewhere. You you can have access to the learning that is fundamental for understanding limitations like Joe Rogan has and learning about cognitive biases. Yeah, but do you... Who, who has the kind of time that it's going to take to dedicate to that is what I'm saying. Maybe if you're a, a plumber or those occupations I just mentioned, you're busy making a life for your family, earning a living. You don't have time to go take night classes and then get to the point where you can go on to grad school and then, you know. No, that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. is that I believe that you can access information on the Internet that allows you to not have to go and take a research methods class at a university and, you know, uh, Decoding the Gurus is a podcast that I listen to all the time, and they are awesome, and, and they take on a lot of these figures in the guru sphere, I think is what they call it, both left-wing and right-wing figures, and because I can't always follow all of the goofy stuff that's happening on the internet, I use them as my shorthand for sure. for learning about that information because I can't be watching every video, reading every article. I can't I can't be following every single thing that is happening in the grift sphere. <laughs> right. And so I use them as shorthand for a lot of that when I put their episodes on. I mean, short their episodes are three hours long. Right. They well, <laughs> because you, you need, it, it, when you do a deep dive, it's a deep dive on some of these fucking idiots. Yeah, but even, you know, Chris Kavanaugh hosts that uh, show and his Twitter account is great and at the bad stats is great on Twitter. A lot of these accounts are on Twitter, unfortunately, which is going downhill and I wish yeah. there was an alternative to Twitter, that, but there hasn't been one that's really like risen up to be the next big thing hopefully that is coming but yeah i mean the point here is is that rfk jr is not a serious person he's a dangerous person he's very clearly a conspiracy theorist in more ways than one and joe rogan is also terrible and i cannot believe he's being paid millions of dollars and has the number one show when he's 
platforming people like RFK Jr. to say these things. And when he is so credulous and gullible and doesn't understand how to research things and doesn't understand how to pull up a website and to figure out if it's legitimate or to, you know, figure out where the research even came from or even be curious enough to ask those questions, honestly. Yeah. Um, so it's a scary time because we have people like RFK Jr. that are, uh, I don't know, convincing people out there that he's legitimate. Well, and then we also have people on the opposite side of the spectrum from a guy like Joe Rogan, uh, leftists, quote unquote leftists, who are advancing the candidacy of people like Marianne Williamson, like uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And that's that's scary because people who have who are looked up to by others as thought leaders are really doing a disservice to the conversation and the country by promoting fact-free, fact-averse idiots like Robert Kennedy Jr. Dangerous, dangerous people. Yeah. So on the topic of Joe Rogan believing that people want to identify as cats and piss in litter boxes in schools, he has kind of been a part of this panic the gay panic that we are seeing, yeah, the trans sure. panic. And there was a recent example of this actually in Canada. So this is a shout out to Josh in Canada, where a a man showed up at a track meet and confronted a nine-year-old and was questioning the nine-year-old's gender. We are investigating and a Kelowna mother is speaking out after she says her daughter was accosted at an elementary school track meet. As CTV's Bender Sudgeon explains, the mother says a man was demanding proof her daughter is a girl. Mark. In Kelowna last Thursday at the Apple Bowl track meet, Heidi Starr says her daughter was getting ready for a shot put event when a man stepped forward. He said, hey. This is a girls' event. Why are boys throwing? Star says the man pointed at her daughter, who she doesn't want named, and another girl. Both have short hair. I stepped forward and I said, sir, are you talking about my child? Because she's a girl. He says if, uh, said if they're not... Um, they're not real girls. Uh, if they're not boys, they're trans. Dozens of students and parents looked on as Star says a woman accompanying the man started yelling. We're genital mutilators and groomers. Uh, and then uh, the man himself started demanding to see a certificate proving that my daughter's uh, my, that my daughter was born a girl. Star took a picture of the man who she thinks is a grandparent of a student. She says he was eventually escorted away. I think it totally has to do with the rise in this this far right wing anti queer dehumanizing uh, propaganda that's being spread. RCMP are investigating. Mounties haven't confirmed the man's identity and CTV isn't identifying him. Premier David Eby tweeting out, hate hurts everyone and let's stand with this girl and everyone who is targeted just for being themselves. A statement from the school district says they've confirmed the identity of those who, quote, accosted the student and will ban them from their property and events. As for Star's daughter, it shook her up hard. She was in and out of tears crying all day, right through to bedtime. She was there and she was pointed at, but so was another child who just ran away. Star says her family is receiving many messages of support. Her daughter turns 10 Thursday. Her wish that the incident inspires change. Binder Sudgen, CTV News. So this is disturbing. And of course, it's something that is probably going to be happening more often as people become more and more unhinged yeah. and feel that they can act on their feelings of discomfort and start approaching children and wondering about the child's genitals while at the same time calling other people groomers and sexual predators toward children. Also traumatizing a kid. Yeah, I mean, this is what we've talked about, that this is... The- Cis people are going to lose in this situation, too, because, you know, Megyn Kelly keeps tweeting about that trans activist who was at the White House that uh, flashed their their chest at the White House event during the Pride. Mm -hmm. And she like tweets about this person and talks about the fake breasts like she keeps tweeting about Megyn Kelly has fake breasts. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But but a lot of people who work at Fox do. Right. And so they were like talking about this story and they were making a big deal about the fake breasts that they believe 
like are bad, I guess. Well, be- gender affirming surgery for you, no good. Gender affirming surgery for me, a okay. Exactly, and we've been talking about how this really is all to enforce gender stereotypes. Right. So, at a certain point, if this behavior is allowed, anyone who doesn't look like a quote unquote stereotypical woman or girl is at risk of being accosted, whether you're too tall, whether you weigh too much, yeah. whether you have too broad of shoulders. I mean, you know, whatever whatever they feel is out of step with the quote-unquote stereotypical woman, how they believe a stereotypical woman should look, you are at risk of being accosted in a bathroom, being questioned if Ma- you should maybe be Maybe more than just accosted, maybe actually attacked. Yeah, listen, I was walking down the street <laughs> last week and I wasn't wearing makeup and I had a baseball cap on and I was wearing a button-up shirt and baggy jeans and someone approached me to ask for money and at first they called me sir right (laughs) and then they called me ma'am and it was a funny moment because I was like huh this is this is kind of an example right like I'm I'm out in public I'm not done up Right, you're taller than the average man, though. Yeah, I'm taller than most people walking down the street. And so when they approached me at first, they were like, sir. And then they looked at me and they were like, oh, ma'am. Right, you know? right. But this kind of makes that point clear, that if you're outside of gender stereotypes, right? If you're not all done up and looking pretty, like right. a pretty little laid, then you're going to be mistaken as being trans. And then you're going to be accosted. You're going to be violently assaulted. I mean, who knows? With these people, Dangerous. unrelated. This is unrelated, and it's it's not really on the on the the point. But why are they protecting this bigot fuck? Well, we're not. We know who he is. We're not releasing his name, and the school's not releasing his name. Fuck that. Shame might be the only vehicle we have left to get these people to step back in line and back into the shadows to shut their fucking mouths and not traumatize children. Mm-hmm. Ugh, gross. Yeah, so I mean I don't I don't know how you feel about that, so we'll just uh we'll get this out of the way. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I, mean, I just it, it it bothers me a lot. It's very frustrating. Yeah, I I was more struggling with the transition to the next story. So either way, that gives me a way to not find a transition to the next story. Well, so the we, next story is... Uh, <laughs> no, well, we'd like to know what you think oh, about this. Mm-hmm. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. What is the next story? So this has kind of fallen under the radar, and we wanted to talk about it because we talk about police behaving badly quite a bit. And there is this case in the West Virginia State Police Academy where a hidden camera was found in the in the locker room, in the police academy locker room. And dozens of women have filed a lawsuit, and even minors are a part of this lawsuit. Ooh. Seven women who may have been caught on a camera hidden in a women's locker room at the West Virginia State Police Academy have served notice they may sue the state. Eyewitness News reporter Bob Aaron tells us a lawyer representing three of those victims says there may be a lot of women caught on camera and the scandal rocking the West Virginia State Police. One focus of new state police superintendent Jack Chambers' investigation into alleged state police wrongdoing will be an allegation that a now-dead state police trooper hit a video camera in the women's locker room at the state police academy. Governor Jim Justice says three other troopers eventually found a thumb drive with a video on it, but one destroyed the evidence. It's not clear how long the camera was there. Teresa Torveseva represents some of the women who warned they are prepared to sue the state. They've sent a letter warning the Attorney General that could happen. That every policewoman in the state of West Virginia is now in fear that they're on those tapes or that someone saw them in their private moments in the locker room where they were supposed to be safe. The very biggest allegation that absolutely is not be tolerated in any way is that of we have violated violated on our state police level women's rights when you start to think about the impact it's going to be literally every police woman who serves in the state of west virginia or has served at least for the last decade and it's a staggering proposition 
The lawyer calls it astounding and infuriating. The case is expected to end up in Kanawha County Circuit Court, the county where the State Police Academy, State Police Headquarters, and the seat of government are located. In Charleston, Bob Aaron, Eyewitness News. This this goes beyond violating the rights. This is men who are entrusted with upholding the law are breaking the law and in 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 the exercise of that they are violating the rights of their co-workers of their colleagues of the you know the the thin blue line yeah so people who are listening uh, very closely to the show will notice that i said dozens of women and then when the clip started they said seven women and the reason for that disparity is that this is flying so under the radar that this clip is a few weeks old and it's the only clip that i could find about this story despite the fact that there are now 42 women and 10 minors that are joining this lawsuit Wow! because the hidden camera was in operation from the period of time that those women were in the locker room And in fact, the uh, taping of the females in the police academy did not end until 2020, which is the same time the junior trooper program was discontinued. Wow. So So, it could be even more. I mean, yeah, that's why in this clip they said that there's likely more women. And here we are weeks after that news clip and there it's up to 42 women and 10 minors. So victimizing children as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's the trans community that's the groomers and the danger to our kids. Right. Get the fuck out of well, here. Well, and again, talking about how this has really flown under, under the radar, I'd be curious how many listeners are hearing this story for the first time. Yeah. Because, again, Twitter is how I heard about this, and I haven't I haven't heard very much from like mainstream media outlets, and I think that it, it speaks to the difficulty of holding power to account. But thankfully, we had a situation this week where the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, came out and made a statement because the investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department was completed. This is the police department that the officers uh, killed George Floyd. And he found in his investigation that the Minneapolis police department is just engaged in endless terrible behavior and is regularly violating the constitution since opening the investigation the justice department has engaged in a comprehensive review of mpd's policies training supervision and use of force investigations our review focused on mpd as a whole not on the actions of any individual officer We observed many MPD officers who did their difficult work with professionalism, courage, and respect. But the patterns and practices we observed made what happened to George Floyd possible. As one city leader told us, quote, these systemic issues didn't just occur on May 25th, 2020. There were instances like that that were being reported by the community long before that. The Department of Justice has concluded that there is reasonable cause to believe that the Minneapolis Police Department and the City of Minneapolis engaged in a pattern or practice of conduct that violates the First and Fourth Amendments of the United States Constitution. There is also reasonable cause to believe that they engage in conduct that violates Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Safe Streets Act, and the Americans with Disabilities Act. Specifically, we found that MPD and the city of Minneapolis engages in a pattern or practice of using excessive force, unlawfully discriminating against black and Native American people in enforcement activities, violating the rights of people engaged in protected speech, and discriminating against people with behavioral disabilities and responding to them when responding to them in crisis. I will discuss each finding in somewhat greater detail. First, we found that the Minneapolis Police Department routinely uses excessive force, often when no force is necessary, including unjust deadly force and unreasonable use of tasers. MPD officers discharge firearms at people without assessing whether the person presents any threat, let alone a threat that would justify deadly force. For example, in 2017, an MPD officer shot and killed an unarmed woman who he said had, quote, spooked him when she approached his squad car. The woman had called 911, 
911, sorry, to report a possible sexual assault in a nearby alley. We also found that MPD officers routinely disregard the safety of people in their custody. Our review found numerous incidents in which MPD officers responded to a person's statement that they could not breathe with the version of, you can breathe, you're talking right now. We also found that MPD officers failed to intervene to prevent unreasonable use of force by other officers. Indeed, as outlined in our report, years before he killed George Floyd, Derek Chauvin used excessive force on other occasions in which multiple MPD officers stood by and did not stop him. So this is like a 10 minute long statement and it goes on. So if you're interested in listening to the whole thing, it's on YouTube. You you can go find it and listen to it. But now the police in Minneapolis are facing uh, possibly working under two consent decrees, one with the state and one with the Department of Justice now that they have found all of this misconduct. And that basically is just like a roadmap for the changes that are necessary within the police department. And we've talked about consent decrees before. I think specifically related to New Orleans is probably the last time that we talked about one. Baltimore's been under one too. Yeah, several different police agencies have been under them. Are they successful? I don't really know. I know the one that Chicago was under very recently has has not been successful. And there was recently an article about it that I think after, yeah, year five, uh, year five, and the Chicago inspector general has said that it's just another layer of bureaucracy and that they are not satisfied with the progress that the police department has made. The ACLU has come out and said that it has not been successful. So, um it remains to be seen, basically, if there's going to be any sort of significant change. Well, this report was compiled by federal authorities, like, doing ride-alongs and stuff. Yes, yes. And I <laughs> I was shocked to learn this, that a DOJ investigator was actually on a ride-along when they witnessed bad behavior. So I'm going I'm to read from the report on this specific example. Quote, in addition to the taser incidents we reviewed as part of our sample, we also reviewed an incident that occurred during one of our ride-alongs with MPD officers. During the incident, an MPD officer used a taser on an unarmed black man who was yelling and filming an accident scene. So he was just filming an accident scene. Right. When the man did not follow the... Which, by the way, his constitutional right to do so. When the man did not follow the officer's commands to leave the scene, the officer pointed his taser and threatened to fire it. The man raised his hands and began walking backward away from the accident scene as he continued to film and yell at the officers. The officer advanced on the man and shot him with the taser, causing him to fall to the ground. The man was following commands to leave and was away from the scene, so there was no apparent need for the officer to use a taser. Now, they're doing this in front of DOJ investigators. Right. What are they doing when they're not there? Yeah. I mean, is he just unaware that that's not how he should be behaving? I I don't... This reminds me of... Remember the restaurant that we loved in Orange County that we stopped going to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the health inspector mm-hmm. shut them down for a time. Mm-hmm. Because while the health inspector was there, mm-hmm. they were wiping, picking their nose and then going back to making food. Like doing all of these egregious violations of the health code right in front of the inspector knowing it's it's not an undercover sting. They know who they are. Yeah, I think they were like using the rag that they wiped all the tables down with and then like putting it on the cutting board to prep the food. Right. Like very clear violations yeah. that they were just doing right in front of the person. So it's like, is this a training issue or I mean, I don't believe it's a it's training hubris issue. It's hubris is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's a culture of this is what we do here and we, we know there are going to be no actual consequences yeah. so we can continue to behave like this because we're protected i mean george floyd was murdered by Derek chauvin he was found guilty of murder it wasn't an accident mm-hmm. yeah so cops cops behaving badly a prominent theme on the show today and uh, we would love to hear from you about this 657-464-7609 or you can send a voice memo to i doubt it at dollamore.com did you know that former president donald j trump <clears throat> x 
the president. the leading <laughs> contender for the Republican nomination. I mean, far and away the leading contender. Oh yeah, he has four trials set in in the span of six months coming yeah. up. Yeah, he has. A civil fraud lawsuit brought by the New York Attorney General. Letitia James. Against him, his kids, and the Trump organization. Yes, that's civil. That's in October 2023. Mm-hmm. And then he has the E. Jean Carroll defamation trial, January 15th. The second one. And then January 29th, 2024, he has the federal class action lawsuit that is accusing him and his company of promoting pyramid schemes. Oh, I didn't know about that one. (laughs) And in March 25th, 2024, it's the Manhattan hush money scheme trial. Yeah, the Alvin Bragg case. So, wow, he just has really bad luck. And by the way, yeah, yeah, they're really (laughs) out to get him. That's not to mention the federal investigations, the 37 count indictment that's just dropped and Mm -hmm. the, the, the upcoming, uh, other element of that investigation with Jack Smith, which is related to the election interference. Yes. And that's not to mention also Fonnie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, who is likely to bring charges there relative to election interference as well. Yes. But but uh, yeah, but he did nothing wrong. He's innocent. Everybody. Yeah. I did everything right, and they indicted me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had the clip. Yeah. So I know you're thinking, wow, that is a lot. They, the Republicans, they have to see the writing on the wall. They have to be backing away from Donald Trump. They need to be taking action on this. Are they? Are they vowing to? Uh, no longer endorse Donald Trump? No. They're vowing to go after the DOJ. Yeah, a lot of pressure on the Speaker to go as far as members on the hard right want in seeking retribution and going after the Justice Department in the wake of the Donald Trump indictment. A number of these members of the House Freedom Caucus, part of that hard right block, are pushing for everything from going after the salaries of top officials at the FBI and the Justice Department, something called the Holman Rule on Capitol Hill, also trying to restrict funding, dismantle the DOJ or FBI in some ways, and others even going as far is calling for impeachment of the Attorney General and for the FBI Director, Chris Wray. Well, we should impeach Merrick Garland. He's clearly abusing the power of his position. We ought to uh, impeach Director Ray as well. FBI, the whole Justice Department needs to be looked at. Defunding? It will be. Defunding the FBI? Parts of it. We're missing the obvious. We have somebody that has hundreds and hundreds of top secrets in his house. He was showing it to unclear people. And then he lied about it. I'm not in the mood for mode for defending that, and I don't think my colleagues should either. And that last comment coming from Congressman Don Bacon, a member from a swing district in Nebraska, underscoring the divide within the Republican conference in the House and Senate over how to respond to Donald Trump. Bacon, very much concerned about the details in that Trump indictment, wants the party to move on from Trump. But that is not the way that a lot of the most outspoken members in the House in particular feel, which is why it will put a lot of pressure on Speaker McCarthy about how exactly to move forward and whether or not to line up with some of those calls from the hard right. We do know there's an effort by the House Judiciary Committee chairman to try to get Merrick Garland to provide some records to the committee about the search at Mar-a-Lago that retrieved all those classified documents that Trump initially refused to do. But what will happen if they don't get those records and how far will they go? All big questions, Dana, as House Republicans and some Senate Republicans are calling for retribution, but unclear about how far they will go. Calling for retribution which is the thing they're complaining about. They claim that holding Donald Trump accountable for his crimes in a speak... Look, we'll just talk about the speaking indictment that was just released from Jack Smith related to the documents case. It It is a narrative filled with evidence. It's not what they have on Joe Biden, quote unquote, of, oh, we've got a whistleblower and we've got a witness and we've got an informant. Oh, but we we lost track of them. Weird, how coincidental. And then, oh, we've got this oligarch who has 17 recordings of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden accepting bribes. And then, oh, but nobody's even, we don't know where that guy is. We haven't seen him in three years. It's, it's just so comical how laid bare their craven political bullshit is in the face of 
very real criminal indictments backed by evidence that will surely go before a jury, it's productive. I just blows my mind. Yeah, but it's also important to note that the Trump DOJ looked into the allegations against Biden for this oh, that's right. payment and yeah. the bribes from Ukraine and all this stuff that they're alleging uh, using the same quote-unquote evidence and they they I think maintained that investigation for like 8 months and they ended up dropping it. So that was the Trump DOJ looking into the same thing that they're accusing Biden of right now. Yeah. And 8 months passed and they dropped it. So again, this is coming out at a very convenient time where they're trying to distract people from the facts that are coming out about Donald Trump. I mean, he has four trial dates in yeah. a span of six months. I mean, at the very least, I think they're hoping that people will say, oh, they're all bad. Joe Biden's bad. Trump, they're all bad. Just pick your poison. Yeah. And nothing could be further from the truth. Donald Trump is a uniquely sinister, damaging, dangerous character in the history of America and our politics. Well, and I've actually heard leftist commentators talking about this Biden story saying things like, well, this reporting is very concerning, if true. And frankly, Uh, that's just lazy. That's just lazy. You should actually look into it and have something to say about it rather than a talking point that is giving credence to what is very obviously not reputable. Very obviously. And again, it goes back to what we talked about at the top of the show. I think some people are so motivated to get rid of Joe Biden that they will believe any fucking nonsense that's put forth even if it is a narrative put forth by Fox News and Newsmax and OAN and these lying sinister Republicans yeah gross all right moving on It's the asshole of today. Jesse Waters. <laughs> Again. Yeah, it's not the first time. It won't be the last time. I know that it would make him happy that he bothers me. So that bums me out. Because I know he's just trying to be radical and make everyone upset. And it, he, it works. <laughs> it, it, imagine that it's possible that there's a worse version of Bill O'Reilly. Because that's Jesse Waters. Yeah, it just... I hate him so much, and he is one of the hosts of The Five, and one of his primary targets is just shitting on homeless people. Gavin's now at maybe midfield, but he has to understand homelessness isn't about lack of affordable housing. It's about drug addicts that want to wander around and live in tents on the sidewalk. And so you can't coddle antisocial behavior. You can't subsidize antisocial behavior. You have to stigmatize it. You can't celebrate people with purple hair, with nose rings, four kids with four different men who are dressed like trash and make them out to be some sort of cutting edge heroes. You have to call them what they are. These are people that have failed in life and they're on their deathbed. And if we're not honest about it, we're never going to fix this problem. As if the homeless are not already stigmatized. Also, <laughs> but he wants that's his solution is we need to have more stigma as if there's not already stigma where you're allowed to call for the death of a certain group of people. Yeah. Uh, on TV with absolutely no one pushing back or feeling outraged about that whatsoever. Imagine being so secure in your job that you can say that, voice that, and have a job still. Mm -hmm. That's hateful. Yeah. Well, I also love, I'm getting this a lot on my my Ben Shapiro uh, short or whatever about free school lunch where he talks about the solution for hunger, child hunger, is to not give free school lunch like that's not a solution to child hunger yeah and you know eating has no effect on hunger Brittany Page. yeah of course and people will talk about they'll leave comments about how women need to close their legs women need to stop having kids women need to stop having kids they can't take care of blah 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 and you even heard this from jesse waters that they have four kids with four different men huh i wonder if there is a policy that could help people yeah Uh, not have kids that they don't want or can't take care of. Unfortunately, Roe v. Wade was just overturned at your behest, Jesse Waters. Interesting. Under your satisfactory gaze, Mm. it is no longer a thing. So how about fucking straight off? 
Yes. And also, it's just, it's callous. It doesn't take into account how all of us, well, not Jesse Waters, he has millions of dollars, uh, all of us regular people are at risk of being homeless, including the people that are watching Fox News and believe themselves to be above it. Yeah. And I would recommend if you are someone who is in the boat where you maybe are not fully endorsing what Jesse Waters is saying, but you're maybe sympathetic to some of the underlying themes. If you believe that people just want to wander around and sleep in tents on the sidewalk, operative word being there, want to. People want to to sleep in a tent on the sidewalk. Yeah, then I yeah. would I would definitely check out the New York Times article Homeless in the City where he was once mayor and it's about a former mayor of Bend, Oregon who ended up homeless on the streets of Bend, Oregon. And it's a I know it's just one story, but it is an example of how things can go wrong in your life right. and lead you to a place where you never thought you would be. And I think it's important that all of us kind of tether ourselves to that reality i know it's hard to to sit with that all the time because then you'll be frozen in terror and not want to leave your house (laughs) yeah or at least that's a a possibility yeah but i think a healthy attachment to that idea is something that will help us lead with compassion and empathy for people that have really just had things go wrong and jesse waters will likely never find himself in that situation but imagine having to live with yourself being him yeah and saying the things that he does and uh i don't know i don't care if he really believes it i don't know if he does i don't care well he convinces other people to believe it that may be more sinister yeah he says it and he laughs about it and he thinks it's funny and it's disgusting and you can see that (laughs) i wonder if he's ever been punched right in his fucking face anyway i'm glad it doesn't seem like a guy who's ever been under threat of real violence because those of us who have Think about what we say before we fucking say it. I've already played the disclaimer. I'm not playing it again. No, I'm... (laughs) I think some people that are reading through the context of what I was about to say, but struggling to say in a way that was... Uh, not the way you said it. <laughs> Listen, it's the honor culture that comes up sometimes, okay? Right. It's the honor culture. Oh, well, we're going to honorably bow out here and uh, end the show. We would remind you that we are largely a listener-supported uh, outfit here, and we would ask you to consider supporting our work. You can go to patreon.com slash Podcast, pick your tier, and become a member of the Patreon family, supporting your favorite show. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you very much. We'll see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.